Here's another episode of Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. I'm your host, Ivor Wolf. So here's a little riddle for you. What do you get when you mix the tired, the wired, and technology? Well, you get very interesting times. Independently, none of these three elements, an aging generation, a young generation entering the workforce, and technological advancement are new. But today, we're thrust into a world that the military describes as VUCA. That's V-U-C-A. Volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. And VUCA has become the new normal. To understand VUCA in the workplace, as well as our personal lives, we need to start with a discussion about the three basic elements. The tired, the wired, and technology. Independently, none of these three elements, an aging generation, a young generation entering the workforce, and technological advancements are new. What is new this time begins with the tired generation. Baby boomers, the largest generation in history, at least until last year, is aging. 10,000 baby boomers in the U.S. alone turn 60 years old each day. Compare that to just a few decades ago, when 60 years old signaled the end of a career and often the end of life. Today, 60 years old is merely another milestone and often triggers the launch of a new career. Retirement and longevity are being redefined daily. That takes us to the wired, the millennial generation. We were sure he was a communist at one point. That's Rick Anthony from the Anthony Group in Philadelphia. He was in high school and then, of course, college, and he was enjoying the good life. Uh, All his bills were being paid for. He had marvelous uh, uh, sense of entitlement. Uh, And we would have interesting conversations with him, none of which made any sense to me, but uh, he hung on to his opinions that the world was wrong and he was (laughs) right, and he he and his confreres were going to correct everything. Each day, 11,000 young U.S. adults, like the one that Rick mentioned, turned 30 years old. And in early 2016, the millennials became the largest generation ever to walk this planet. That sets up an historical heavyweight battle between the two largest generations in history, the aging baby boomers and the up-and-coming millennials. Yeah, well, I had a a client down in Texas who uh, was interviewing. She was the head of human resources for a manufacturing plant down there, and she was interviewing a millennial who um, had an expectation that she thought was unrealistic. Uh, She was going to be hiring somebody, and this person was going to come on as a a supervisor, and uh, he very quickly said in the interview that he wanted to be a plant manager by the end of the year or some such thing, and this reinforced something that she she uh, believed about millennials and that they, that is they have uh, false expectations. That was Jim Schaefer from the Jim Schaefer Group in Annapolis, Maryland. Jim's not alone in how many baby boomers see millennials. In fact, millennial bashing has become a national pastime. Here's Shavaz Kingman from AYF Consulting. A lot of millennials expect us to reward them uh, for doing their job, whereas It's just as basic as brushing your teeth. You don't deserve a reward for something that you should be doing anyway. And I think that too often millennials expect that being on a job means that you're going to get a promotion within five or six months. But there are basic business principles such as relationship building and face-to-face contact 
and really doing the work that I think that a lot of people in my generation often forget. Yes, you heard that correctly. Shivaz is a millennial himself, only 30 years old. Shivaz, like many of the other millennials, blows the stereotype of the narcissistic, self-absorbed trophy kid. I asked James Goodnow, an attorney with Fenimore Craig, how he felt when people make a big deal about the generation gap. That's nothing new. Baby boomers did it to Gen Xers. Gen Xers are doing it to millennials. And I think it comes from an inherent desire to romanticize the past, to think that the experiences you lived through were more difficult than those that younger generations are facing. It's just part of human nature. James, like Shavaz Kingman, is also a millennial in his mid-30s who doesn't fit the stereotypical millennial. James is the youngest partner ever to sit on his firm's management team. It's interesting. I think every generation goes through this. Baby boomer Steve Schultz, publisher of Business to Business magazine, agrees. I remember back in the uh, late 70s, early 80s, while I was in school, um, hearing my, my mother introduce me to, to her friends as, this is my son that needs a haircut. And I would get those kinds of things and always being accused of not uh, applying myself when it came to current events. And uh, it seems like uh, as we age and get more experience, we look at younger generations with the very same attitude. If differences in age were the only factors that mattered, we might just accept the challenges and conflicts between young and old as normal. But technology has touched our lives in unimaginable ways. And it's not just the technology. But change is occurring at an amazing pace. While it took 75 years for 50 million people to adopt the telephone, it took only 13 years for 50 million people to watch TV. Then the internet came along, and it took only five years to get 50 million users. This lightning speed of adoption hit new records when the game Angry Birds came along, and it took 35 days to do what it took 75 years for the telephone to do. So is it technology and not age that is causing the rift and the generation gap between the old and the young, the wired and the tired? I spoke with Rick Anthony from the Anthony Group in Philadelphia. I've been teaching this course in multi-generational workforce for three different years, uh, a semester each. And, and it's been fascinating to me because I have in the class of anywhere from 15 to 20 people, students, uh, millennials, boomers, uh, uh, Gen, Gen X, Gen Y, every, including one or two seniors, uh, traditionalists. And I engage them in conversation because they're all working and they come to school in the evening. So they're coming out of the real world. And so we have some exercises, we develop some scenarios and so on, some role playing. And it's fascinating to see come to life exactly what we see in writing, in the, in the articles, the journals, the books, and so on. The resentment. Uh, particularly from the standpoint of the millennials. They resent the fact that older people rely on them for technology to help get them through their workday. And the older folk resent the younger folk because they think they're lazy. Uh, They are unable or unwilling to make a commitment to anything. They value nothing, and they seem to be just passing through. Again, those are all perceptions, and they may or may not be true to uh, some degree or, or another. So where does an organization begin to leverage the skills and assets of a multi-generational workforce. Fundamentally, 
it's communication. It's effective communication. That's what makes or breaks the relationships in the workforce or anyplace else. Millennial attorney James Goodnow agrees that communication is important, but feels that there's a more basic approach that managers should take. There's nothing about the DNA of a millennial that's different than a Gen Xer or baby boomer. At the core, millennials are human beings just like everyone else. So I think what people need to understand is millennials are just as motivated as other groups. Millennials are ambitious people contrary to what others may believe, but they've had some profound life experiences that have changed the course that they want to go on to achieve their goals. We started out talking about VUCA, V-U-C-A, volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous, the world we live in today. For sure, communication and showing respect for others, regardless of age, gender, ethnicity, that's all vital. But that's not nearly enough. What do companies and organizations need to do to succeed in this world of volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity? Let's start with vision. You need to think about the cause of your business or the cause of your service industry and not just compensation. I think that's critical. I think that distrust we talked about and that skepticism of big business has caused millennials to want to get behind organizations that are about something more than just the bottom line. Organizations that are committed to making the world a better place and their communities stronger. And I think that's a critical part of it. You can see it playing out in all sorts of different cause-based business businesses from Tom's Shoes to the Red Movement that Apple's doing. But I think you have to be very careful to ensure that it's sincere and not just a recruiting technique that is window dressing. There has to be a true commitment on the part of the organization behind it. And how much responsibility falls on leadership for some of the problems associated with managing millennials. You mentioned about not showing up and not coming to work. You know, that, we, can, we can blame the individual, but I guess I would ask if somebody were sitting across from me and uh, like a supervisor in a company in a focus group and saying that they, they won't come to work, they won't show up. Uh, it strikes me as that somebody's not managing expectations appropriately and there's probably not a lot of accountability associated with what, what those expectations are. Jim Schaefer also has some advice for the baby boomers. We, we need to learn this, older people, about technology. This is the reality of the world. And younger people, there are things you can learn from the older people. So let's come together on this. When it comes to managing the multi-generational workforce, Rick Anthony has this final piece of advice. I think we have been focused too much on the differences. And I think we've been, uh, as a recent article in the Wall Street Journal pointed out, at least what I took from the article, we have too many cases where employers are, in my opinion, coddling millennials because they fear them. It's almost as if they're aliens that have come from another planet. We're trying to figure out how to make nice with them before they kill us. My name is Ira Wolf, the host of this episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. My guest and I hope you'll share this podcast and your comments with us and with others. Let us know what you think and how you can help all of us manage the convergence of the wired, the tired, and technology better. 
You can also listen to more podcasts like this at geekskeezersandgoogleization.com. That's geekskeezersandgoogleization.com. Or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. If you're a journalist or a meeting planner and like to schedule me for an interview or keynote address, call me at 800-803-4303. That's 800-803-4303. Or email me at iwolf at super-solutions.com. That's I-W-O-L-F-E at super-solutions.com. Until next time, have a great day.